0: Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Uh, just and hold it, hold it right there. Go to Numbers thir- 13. We're going to talk today about the difference between survivors and conquerors. Okay. I want to talk to you about the difference between, for this next 20 to 30 minutes, I want to talk to you about the difference between survivors and conquerors. Romans 8. Romans 8 says this to us, eight thirty seven through 39. It reads this way. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand that this is a scripture God gives us so that we can gain, gain, get our identity from it. Are you with me? This is an identity scripture because the scripture is telling us who we are in Christ. For those who have given their lives to Christ, this is what God says about you and I. We are more than conquerors. I want you to think about that. I want you to think, how does that define your life? How does that define your thought life? How does that affect the way you do your devotional or you do your prayer life before God? How does that affect the way that you talk to others or feel about yourself or feel about the body of Christ? The Bible says, you and I are more than conquerors. A powerful truth is that this verse, these verses convey to us how we are to view ourselves as followers of Jesus. And I believe that it is very important to understand that God cares about how we view ourselves and that we need to have his perspective over us. As believers in Jesus, God doesn't want us to go around beating ourselves up or feeling worthless or feeling uh, defeated. This whole notion that, you know, we love God, therefore we hate ourselves, is not scriptural. Are you with me? It's not scriptural. God loves you. He delights in you. And He wants you to see His love and what He says over you to be a defining factor in the way that you see yourself. He wants you to let that be a defining factor in the way that you see yourself, as the way we see ourselves. Now, I want you to understand that the scriptures says we're more than conquerors, and conquerors, a conqueror is someone completely different than a survivor. A survivor, by definition, is the person who remains alive after an event in which others have died. When you talk about a survivor, you're talking about someone who has survived a massive event. The, the protagonist or the main actor or the main force will be the event and not the person. I, I was watching 2020, maybe a couple months ago, they had a special on the tsunamis that took place over the islands. I don't know if anybody got to watch that. Right, there were some people who survived that. You realize that the main story was the tsunami, right? The tsunami, and and there were some survivors, but the survivors are never the strong force. Survivors are just people who just escaped the wrath of whatever the event was. I remember watching a documentary on a man who had escaped Stalin's camp, and uh, uh, you know he somehow, some way survived Stalin's regime. And they asked him. They said to him, Wow, you must feel very strong that you survived his regime. And he said, No, actually I feel like a coward. Because the only reason I survived was because I didn't stand up against him. See? It's a big difference between being a survivor and being a conqueror. Now according to Scripture, well according to definition, a conqueror in contrast... Is one who subdues and brings into subjection or possession by force or by influence. A conqueror is one who has victory against his opponent. This makes the person the winner, not the event, not the opponent, not the enemy. Do you see the difference? Or A survivor is subject to his circumstance. A conqueror subjects his circumstance. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a survivor. I don't want to be subject to my circumstance. I want my circumstance to be subdued in Christ. Amen. Anybody excited about it? Are you following with me? All right. But here's the deal. God doesn't call us conquerors. No, He does. He doesn't call us conquerors. He says we're more than conquerors. And why are we more than conquerors? This is the deal. Jesus already overcame. He already conquered. And so because He conquered... He expects us to live our lives out of a place of inheriting what He has for us because He's conquered for us. Like a good father or a good mother who has done everything she can to work hard and to provide. And, and, and say this family has saved some money to send their kids to school, right? And to make sure that they start on the right foot, you know, as best as they can. They've done everything that they could. They don't, they don't want their children to go reinvent the wheel or, or make the same sacrifices because those parents have already made the sacrifices, hoping that the children don't have to take baby steps or rather say, hey, baby, just go sprint. Just go take over. Are you with me? And that's what Jesus wants you and I to do. He's looking at us and he's saying, baby, go sprint, take over. I've conquered. Now go live out of the fact that I've conquered. Be more than a conqueror. That's totally different. That's a totally different place. That's the way that you and I are to do our lives. Not from defeat, not from condemnation, not from, man, I don't know if God's listening to me. I keep making mistakes. But understanding that God delights in you. That he calls you to draw close to him. And he wants you to have his vision for life. Which if you look at scripture and all the things that he declares over you. (laughs) He's basically saying go in my name. Go in my name. Go in my power. Go in my strength. Go greater is he. Greater am I. I live in you than him that's in the world. Go. Yes, in this world you're going to have trouble. But get this. I overcame this world. Go. This is how God wants us to live. The reality is is that not many of us live that way. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Not many of us live that way. It's a struggle, even for me, to have a more than conqueror attitude. And so I have to remind myself every day when I get up, I am more than a conqueror. I don't have to be subject to my circumstances. My circumstances are already subjected to Christ. Right? And so... I have to remind myself and and try to walk with this understanding. And what I want to do is talk to you about the difference between a survivor and a conqueror in hopes that as we see these differences, that you and I would be able to say, you know, I don't want to be a survivor anymore. I, I find that I've been walking this way, but I see that God wants me to live this way. So I want to do that by looking at a scripture found in Numbers 13, 1 through 33, and then we'll read some in Numbers 14 on down. And in the Scripture, you have the generation of Moses. They're in the desert. They're in the wilderness. And God says to Moses, I want you to go send out spies. Now, God already promised the land, right? God already said to these people, the land is yours. But before you take the land, He says, go spy out the land. I believe when you look at Scripture, that God's intention was to send the spies so that they could be excited about what He was giving them, Right? And so God says to Moses, I want you to pick up 12, uh, get 12, uh, get, get 12 uh, spies representing each tribe and go check out the land that I promised you. Go see if it's good or if it's bad, if it has much fruit. Go see where it's fortified, where it's not fortified. Go spy out the land, right? And so he sends these disciples out. Now, Moses, uh, or these, uh, these, uh, these people out from each tribe. Uh, Moses is, is being, being instructed by God to do this. Alongside the, with these 12 spies are Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua was Moses' aide. And Joshua was actually with Moses for 40 days up at Mount Sinai as God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. So this guy Joshua, we see that he's experienced the presence of God, right? And, 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 and he, he, knows, he knows God. And, and he has great vision. And he is actually, there's a book uh, called Joshua that deals with his life. Israel has never been more successful in her history ever than in the time of Joshua. Joshua was the most successful time in the history of Israel. Now, as you as, so we're picking up the scripture as Moses is sending out these spies. Go with me to Numbers 13, 1 through 33. And the scriptures read this way. And the Lord spoke... To Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send the men, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. And then it gives you a list of the names, and we're going to go to verse seventeen. Because, you know, I'm so great at reading those names. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage, the Lord says. Pay attention. It says, Be of good courage. So he says, as you go out to spy out this land, this is what I want you to do, be of good courage. Moses has given them a, pr- a perspective. Don't, don't forget who sent you. Don't forget who's for you. Be of good courage as you check this stuff out. And bring some of the fruit of the land. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. And it talks about all the different places that they went to. And then verse 25, and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran. In other words, everybody can't wait to hear what the spies got to say, right? Uh, And... At Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, "Man, we went to the land where you sent us. Man, it is truly a land flowing with milk. Uh, it is truly a land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and this is its fruit." <sighs> However, nevertheless, oh man, yeah, we went to the land, all right. it was amazing. I mean, look at the way we have to carry these grapes. You know, look how heavy these grapes are. It's incredible. But nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. of the And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome. In other words, the spy saw the, the, spy saw the land. They said, well, yeah, we saw the land. It's great. But look at all the enemies. And so I'll explain that. Look at all the obstacles that we have. And Caleb said, shh, stop talking about the obstacles. Why are you talking about the absta- obstacle? Didn't God send us? Let's go take the land God said we will be ours. Right? Verse thirty one But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have uh, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There We saw the giants, the descendants of Anna came from the the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's very important. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept. (laughs) Why did God do this to us? Wouldn't it be better if we would have just died in Egypt? They cried out. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Who do you think they're insulting at this point, Moses or God? They're questioning God's competence. They're questioning God's strength. And they're questioning God's intentions towards them. Do you think God takes issue with that? When we question his competence, his strength, and his intentions toward us. Of course, we don't do that. These people did, but we never do that. So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assemblies of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jepune, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows. With milk and honey. In other words, a land that's bountiful, fruitful, right? Prosperous. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread and their protection. I want you to notice the difference there. We're like grasshoppers to them. Caleb's like, man, that's my lunch. Better get out of my way. You see the difference between a survivor and a conqueror? One guy says, you know, I'm, 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 we're like grasshoppers. I says, That's my bread. You know, if God's given me that land, he's given me authority to lay the holy smack down. That's the New Carlos translation. <laughs> it's questionable. <laughs> right? But Joshua the son, okay, so then if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Verse 10. And all the congregation set to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Fathers, thank you for your word. Uh, uh, Lord, we we are asking for an anointing today. Anoint me to preach it, but anoint me to receive it. (laughs) Anoint us to receive it today. That we will make the shifts in our lives where we need to take the shifts from being Survivors to be in conquerors. Lord, we thank you that this church is a conquering church. Today we're having a capital campaign because you've called us to conquer. Lord, I thank you for making, making us conquerors today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when we read this scripture and we look at everything that took place, it's very clear that a survivor and a conqueror sees themselves totally differently. Number one. The first thing, how do we know if we're seeing ourselves as more than conquerors or if we're seeing ourselves as survivors? Number one, what's the difference between? Survivors see themselves as defeated grasshoppers instead of winners. I want you to notice the description there. We were like grasshoppers in our eyes. And so we were to them. There's an order of operation there. And this is the order of operation. This is how we view ourselves. So surely this is how they viewed us. Survivors, Christian survivors, people who come to church, they they know about Jesus, they know about the Word, but they're not walking in this more than conqueror deal. Christian survivors are people who don't walk in this reality that God's called them to be winners God's called them to overcome. They're just trying to make it. The reason why survivors don't think about conquering is because survivors are too preoccupied keeping their lives, protecting their lives. They're too preoccupied just with making it. And their vision for life is just, if I can just make it. So they're so focused on that, that they can't allow themselves the vision of taking over, of conquering for Jesus. And sometimes that's the reality in church. Well, you know, I just want to be saved. I'm just trying to make it by the skin of my teeth. Man, I'm not trying to do all that. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to do the bare minimum here. What's the bare minimum package of discipleship? That's what I want. It's Kind of quiet in here. Anybody with me? Survivors don't, don't think about these things. Why? Because their minds are clouded with a misjudgment of who they are. And the reality is, is when we judge ourselves less than who we are, we're truly judging God as less than who He is. Are you with me? When we say we're not capable, we're not able, we are not just questioning ourselves, we're questioning the power of the cross. We're questioning Jesus' ability to make us righteous, and we're questioning whether His blood is able Anybody with me today? Survivors see themselves as grasshoppers instead of winners. We seemed like grasshopper in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. It's impossible for others to look at you as something different than what you see yourself. Are you with me? I believe that it is impossible at times for others to see you differently than what you see yourself. That determines who you're with, who you hang out with. That determines what you do, how you see yourself. Man, as the body of Christ, we got to stop limiting what God is wanting to do through us by questioning who we are in this way. You heard the old example of the old, the baby elephant, right? You take this elephant and you tie it to a pole when it's a baby, and make that pole strong enough where the elephant cannot move that pole. Right? And so the elephant will be trained to think as he gets older that that pole is stronger than it. Even though the elephant will grow very massive and will have the power to destroy that pole right from its foundation, the elephant will never do it because the elephant has believed that the pole is stronger than him. Let me ask you what's the pole in our lives? What addiction do we hold in that view? What obstacle? What challenge, what circumstance, what financial uh, uh, barrier? What do we hold in that view where we say we are not able to overcome? All right, y'all are quiet. So I'm just going to move to the next point. (laughs) The next point. Survivors never stop talking and exaggerating the details of their present trials. Survivors never stop talking or exaggerating about the details of their present circumstances, while conquerors testify of what God is going to do. Number one, well, in my first point, the difference between a, uh, the difference in the conqueror, instead of seeing limitations, instead of seeing themselves as grasshoppers, they see their circumstance as something they already have victory over. Right now, survivors never stop talking and exaggerating the details of their present trials, while conquerors testify what God is going to do. Moses didn't send the spies because he had doubted whether they were ready to take the land. Moses sent them out to be better prepared as they went in. Moses sent them out so that they could have vision for what God had given them. Moses even told them to be courageous as they spied the land. And instead of bringing a courageous report, they brought a weak report. This is what they said. Number one, the people are too strong for us. Look, I look at the people, they're just too strong. They're too advanced. There is no way that we can overtake them. Secondly, man, they don't they don't have cities. They have fortresses. Their cities are fortified. Man, they are protected on every side. There is no breach. There is no way that we can go through. Third, the giants are there. The undertaker, Andre the Giant. No, stop. No. Yeah. And they start naming the annex, which were people who towered. You know, these were people who towered over others. And, you know... The giants are there. There's nothing that we can do there. There's there's no way that we can overthrow them. We were like grasshoppers in our eyes. And we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Furthermore, the land eats its inhabitants. What in the world? One of the the things that said is, even if we had that land, the land devours its inhabitants. Now some commentaries are like, well, what does that mean that the land devours its inhabitants? One commentary would say, the land is so good it would make others jealous. And they would attack us and we would be overcome. So not only did they question God's ability to give them the land, they questioned God's ability to keep them and the promise that He gave them. in? Another question would be, another commentary would say uh, that the land had pestilence and viruses. And so they said, we don't want to go there. There may be viruses or pestilences there. Again, now questioning God's intention that God brought them to a land to destroy them or to bless them. Do you see what's going on here? They are slapping God, you know they are mis they are they are irreverently treating God. These are all the obstacles that they presented but listen what the to the, what the conqueror said they were frustrated in the wilderness the only thing they said is, listen, if God delights in us, he's going to give us the land. if God is for us, who can be against us? How do we know if we are survivors, or walking as survivors instead of more conquerors. In your conversation with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, do you talk so much of your problems? Do we talk so much of our circumstance that we spend little time giving glory to God for His ability? Are you with me? I'm not going to have to resign after this, right? When we do, as we do our Christian life, is our conversation defined by the challenges that we face to the point that that's all we always talk about and we drain all of those around us because all we do is talk about our problems and we hope that someone can fix them instead of saying he is able. Yeah. Defining factor. Are we survivors or more than conquerors? If we're survivors, we make much of the problem instead of making much of the problem solver. If we're survivors, we make much of the issue instead of giving glory to God in every circumstance. I don't know about you, but that's challenging for me. Third point. Survivors retreat into Egypt when challenges rise. Okay? Conquerors move forward, but survivors, they retreat into Egypt when challenges rise. So... They saw the challenge of the land that God had given them. Interesting. I want you to know God gave them the promised land, but they still had to take it. In other words, God's promised us some things. We, we don't just sit by and just wonder when God's going to make them happen. No, we, we, we get active in the promises of God. God, you said that you were going to give me these things. We're going to get up and want to seek those things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Until we receive them because they're ours. Right? Are you with me? We got to get fight in us, right? I I, I don't, it seems like the church wants God to do all the fighting, but I think God's calling a church to arms. Start to fight in prayer. Start to fight for your children. Start to fight in education. Start to fight for media. Start to fight in the business world. We got to get fighting us. Praise God. Right? And so here, you know, survivors, they retreat to this place of, if I would have just died in Egypt. And you know what? Even to the point of rejecting God's leadership. We may not do this verbally, but we may do this in our action. Rejecting God's leadership, His Holy Spirit instructing us, you should go to church today. Nah. That's just for a couple of us. I know that. Right? And going in another direction. Survivors always retreat to Egypt. Because they are more concerned with surviving than taking over. So they will always default to what's easiest. Do you see a pattern there? All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunders. Wouldn't it be be better for us to go back to Egypt? I want you to think. About what God must have felt. Because God is a person. And I think as a church, sometimes we treat God as just a force. You know, something, some force that does for or against us. You know, God's not just a force, He's a person. He's a person. Imagine how the angels must have seen God part the Red Sea. And how glorious that must have been from the heavens. As God got up from his throne and started to do mighty things for his people. Can you imagine the reverence in the heavens? Imagine the angels just bowing down to see the dry ground as they walked through there unscathed. Imagine the roars of the waves as they walked. Before that, the pillars of fire and the things that God put in place to keep the Egyptians for them, from them. Imagine all that, to see all that, to experience all that and say it would have been better for him never to have parted the Red Sea. Isn't that what they said? That's exactly what they said. And when you and I retreat to our carnal behavior, what we're doing is God would have been better if we would have never experienced your presence, your glory. We may not say it that way because we don't want to like be struck by lightning. <laughs> but that's what we're saying with our actions. Are you with me? I don't want to retreat into carnal behavior anymore. Amen. Anybody with me today? Survivors retreat into Egypt by, with carnal behavior when challenges rise, but there's a difference. There's a difference between survivors and conquerors. This is what conquerors do. Conquerors understand that not moving forward is rebellion, and they are willing to face great opposition. I want you to notice what conquerors said. They said, "Look, hey, we got to move forward, guys. God's given us this land. Only do not rebel against the Lord." Well, what was the rebellion? The rebellion is very simple. The rebellion is not moving forward. To retreat or to remain is rebellion. To move forward is obedience. I don't know what that means to you, but I want you to just check yourself in the spirit. Is God challenging us in in an area? Where are we stagnant? Where are we just complacent? Where are we retreating? Because moving forward is obedience unto God. Conquerors understand that moving forward is obedience. And remaining, retreating, is rebellion, and conquerors are willing to face great opposition. I want you to notice what happened. Joshua said, look, if God delights in us, he's going to give us this land. Let's take this land. And the congregation said, yay for Joshua. We love him. He's so encouraging. No, they didn't. They said, and the congregation made up their mind to stone them. The congregation was ready to stone them. Because that's what a survivor mentality in the church does: it retreats, it complains, it slanders, and it destroys the brethren. Praise God! That's not us, Amen. Conquerors understand that moving forward is rebellion; is re- uh, move, moving forward is, is, is obedience, and uh, and. And that we under, conquerors understand that not moving forward is rebellion. And we're willing to face great opposition to move forward. Now, here's the last point, and we'll close with this, the fighting factor. It's the difference between a survivor and a conqueror. A survivor never grows. They can never grow. And what happened? The Bible says that because they questioned God, over and over again, God said, that generation that saw my power and my glory will never enter into my promised land. They will never enter. And they didn't enter, right? Instead of taking over the land, they remained in the wilderness uh, all those years, 40 years. And that generation died without ever tasting a fruit, without ever seeing the prosperity of the land that God called them. Now, they could have went right into that land and taken it, but because of their disobedience, they remained in the wilderness their lack of faith, they remain in the wilderness. And I don't know about you, but there's been areas in my life where I feel like, God, I feel like I'm in the same wilderness. Like I'm going through the sixth cycle. And I don't want to be stuck there. I get excited when I hear a brother or a sister in Christ at the altar saying, I've been in the same place making circles. I'm done with that. I want deliverance from that. Praise God. Amen. We need faith to move forward. Amen. Amen. You know, it's just... The sick wilderness and, and we stay there and we're almost content with it because all we care about is just making it right. just making it we're okay not seeking the problem i know that god heals but you know whatever i know that god baptizes in the holy spirit but you know whatever right we have to have a a, a greater uh, determination for the things of god a survivor never grows while a conqueror never ages a survivor never grows, but a conqueror never ages. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the people who went with Joshua in the Spice is Caleb, right? And Caleb was excited about what God said to him. Moses, Moses said to Caleb, uh, uh, Joshua, God honored Caleb. And basically Caleb uh, was told, you're going to have a land because when you went, when you went and spied out the land, you had faith. And you gave a good report. So the land your feet it upon, that land will be yours. Now later, Joshua 14, 6 through 12, the Joshua generation is taken over. And as they're taken over, I want you to realize what, what, what happens there. I'm just going to read that scripture really quickly. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kennesite, said, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the men of God, at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, and I am still strong today just as strong as the day moses sent me out and i am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as i was then you yourselves heard that the anakites were there and the cities were large and fortified but the lord helping me i will drive them out just as he said Isn't isn't that incredible conquerors never age that's not talking about a physical age it's talking about guarding the promises God's given you. You don't lose sight, you don't give up, you don't surrender, you don't relent, you hold on. Right? And you keep the joy of the Lord. I see people with the joy of the Lord. I see people who hold on to the promises of God. They get me fired up. They get me fired up. Sister Aurora, where is she? There she is. She through her battle with uh, through her uh, battle with cancer. Serving God here at this church, saying it is well with my soul, and praising God, and not relenting, holding on to the promise of God more than a conqueror. Amen? More than a conqueror. Praise God. God is looking for people. People who would just hold on to the promise. Caleb said, you know that I was 40 years old when I went. And see me now, I'm 85. And I'm still willing to go and face the Anakites. And I will give them holy smackdown in Jesus' name because he's given me this land. Are you with me? He's given me this land. Survivors never grow, but conquerors never age. you ever meet people who just have the joy of the Lord no matter what they go through in life? People who still have vision for life and are about the Father's commission. Man, that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Would you stand with me today? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us respond to God by saying, yes, God, we'll look to your face. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you're at. Yes. Father, yes. I will stop focusing on the giants, and I will say yes to you. Let's respond to him. Yes. yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will say yes to you, Jesus. 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 Yes to you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you why prophetically I believe this message was important for you to hear, not only personally. But I believe that message was for today for the rock. Because I believe God declares, no longer will you be in the wilderness. I call you a Joshua generation. Go take the land. Go be a than conqueror. Go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So whatever we set ourselves up to do, God, we will focus on you because you're bigger than our giants. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, maybe you're like me and you have this tendency of reading Bible stories. And when you read them, you you say, man, those people were really messed up. (laughs) Right? And then it takes you a little bit to realize, just like me, oh, wait, there's some application there for me. That story was for me. You're saying even right now, you know, there are things in me right now, habits, behaviors that make me identify with a survivor instead of identifying with a more than a conqueror. And and today I want to surrender that to Christ. If the altar workers will come up at the altar right now, would you just, let's have altar workers, those people that I called to pray, I call your name to come pray, would you fill this altar right now? Maybe you're here you're saying, you know, I see cycles in my life. And I, I'm, I'm saying to the Lord, I want those to be broken. I don't want to just be in the wilderness. I don't want to just maintain. I want to move forward in the promises of God. Maybe you're saying, I want to break this identity of survivor. And I want to have an identity of more than conqueror. I want to receive that this morning. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? We'd love to pray with you. we love to pray with you. we love to pray with you. If that's you, would you come up to the altar right now? Say, Lord, I receive this identity as more than a conqueror in you. More than a conqueror in you. That's you. Would you come to the altar? You're saying, you know what, Pastor? I see that I've been retreating to complaint and making much of my trials instead of making much of my God. And today I want to make a commitment to make much of my God more than I do of my trials. And I need prayer that God will strengthen me and give me wisdom in that area. That's you. Would you come to the altar? we love to pray with you. we love to pray with you. Amen. We love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord. You haven't given your life to the Lord as Savior. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He loves you and he overcame to bring you close to him, that you would be in a close, intimate relationship with him. He died on the cross not to condemn you, but to love you and give you life. That's you today, and you're saying, you know what? I want to receive that which Jesus has for me. I want to make a commitment to follow him with my life. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? That's you right now. Would you come to the altar right now? We love to pray with you. We love to pray with you. We love to pray with you. The altars are open. Amen. Amen. It's a great day to give your life to Christ. Understand you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It's a great day. It's a great day. I love to welcome you into the house of God. God bless you. God bless you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Go and do life, do marriage, do parenting, do your work, do school, understanding that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus, yes. God bless you all. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Amen. you, yes, brother. Oh. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks. To